The Credible Nerds present the Marvel Cinematic Universe Review Show with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. Today we'll be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, which is the third Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Uh, It's been released about two, three days now. No, more than that. It was released on Thursday. So this is the fifth day since it's been released and it's already breaking records. Uh, Even though there's a pandemic going on with uh, limited people going to the movie theaters, I think this movie has officially signaled that going to the movie theaters is cool again as it is the second highest grossing movie in its opening weekend since avengers the avengers endgame and infinity war series infinity wars third spider-man no way home is now second with avengers endgame still in first place so a lot of people went and saw this movie and a lot of people liked it so we want to talk about it we want to break it down and i have my fellow co-hosts with me Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And we got our special Marvel expert guest back, Kimball. Hello nerds, how are you guys doing? And I'm your host, Justin, and we'll be talking about uh, what we liked about this movie, what we thought, how it ties into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how it ties into previous Spider-Man movies. Uh, There will be spoilers in this episode. So if if you have not seen it, uh, don't listen any further because there's a lot of spoilers in this in this uh, review. A lot of cool things that happened, and we want to talk about it all because it was so good. So, Kimball, you told me the other day that you had done a rewatch of all the Spider-Man movies to prepare for seeing this film in theaters. Uh, did that help? Was it uh, a good refresher? Did it tie in to what you had saw- seen earlier? Yes, Justin. So I take my entertainment very seriously. I love rewatching movies uh, before they come out. And so with Spider-Man, I had a ton of movies to crank through, except I didn't get to the Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse. I'd never seen that one. And since it's not canon, MCU canon, I guess the others aren't MCU canon anyways, but I didn't think it was important. So I don't know if I missed out on anything, but... I am glad I watched the other um, seven movies, which was great because I was, while I was watching it, um, those movies, I forgot so much about it. And um, it was really good that I rewatched it, made the experience so much better. Okay. So would you recommend people who have some time before they actually go see it um, to do something like that? Yeah, definitely at least one for each of the series just so you can be familiar because each spider-man's unique how they behave how they act and then you'll at least get um, a glimpse of the bad guy in each film because that's important they did such a good job with the bad guys talking with each other and if you know their history you just get so much more out of it okay yeah i hadn't watched them for a few years now and, but I was familiar with this, the story and remembered most of it. Um, and I felt 
you know, bringing those, if you're not aware, if you haven't seen the trailers, uh, they do bring in uh, some of the villains from the previous Spider-Man movies, from Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, from Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And so they show up and we'll get into how and why they showed up. But um, so have them there. I thought was pretty cool uh, for you, Mark, when these villains started to show up and Peter was and Spider-Man was having to uh, deal with them. What did you think? Did that transition work for you, bringing these old villains back in? Or was it too trying to be too clever or didn't work for you? What, what were your thoughts on, the, on that part? Uh, no, I loved it. I thought it was great, you know, to see them, see them together. We kind of get to see the you know beginnings of the Sinister Six. Uh, you and I talked about that at the movie. Okay. Um, I think seeing some of these these guys back was great. Um, it, it was kind of interesting to me too, like that they seemed a little leveled up on this Peter Parker. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. either and we haven't quite got into it yet and I don't want to spoil anything quite yet, but, and I'll get into it more when we get there, but yeah, I felt like Peter Parker was, a little bit at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. I get that, you know, that, you know, that there were bad guys, but I mean, Dr. Octavius manhandled him, mm-hmm. right. Just by himself. And uh, that was surprising. And, uh, and then the beat down that he received from the green goblin was pretty, uh, pretty crazy, but to see these guys back, I think was exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. When I was like, Oh man. Yeah. And then, it was just great. Um, the two that I didn't, didn't love, I think were, um, dang, they're all scientists. I can't say the scientist, (laughs) um, uh, the, the lizard, uh, Dr. Connors. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Connors and the jailbird. Can't think of his name either. Oh, Sandman. Yeah. But, But I can't remember his real name. Hmm. but those two probably weren't my favorite. Um, those two were probably the weakest ones and the least, you know, they kind of had the least play in everything, yeah. but it was still cool to see them all back. You know, I, I was excited about it. And when we, when we were in the uh, theater, people were cheering. Right. And that, that's exciting. That was, that was fun. So I can give it an A plus on that. Yeah. Yeah. And they kept coming at first, you know, you have Doc Ock show up and, Oh, that's cool. And then you see Green Goblin fly in for a second, and then he leaves. You're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you got Sandman coming in, and you got Electro coming in. And then the lizard guy, Dr. Connors. And I agree, he was kind of the weakest. But I did like, like in the Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield when he shows up there, and he's the, the villain in that one, in the first one. I didn't really like him as a villain. I thought that was, I'm glad they tried to do something different. But overall, I wasn't a big fan of it. But his iteration in this film, I thought the CGI was better. They, he was a little more sinister and more uh, scary, I guess. So I did like how they portrayed him in this um, better than the first, than the last Spider-Man movie he was in. Um, so, so yeah, the villains kept coming. And the reason, let's talk a little bit about why the, the villains showed up in the first place. This film started directly after the end of the last Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, when 
they come back from their European trip and uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man had fought Mysterio and won. And then it was revealed by J. Jonah Jameson. It was great to see him come back in that last film. And his appearance in this film was a lot more prevalent, which was awesome. I liked his character. But he reveals that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And so everybody knows who he is and he's getting harassed and um, people are starting to stalk him. The news is always outside of his house. That, so it's really annoying. And then it starts to affect his life, his personal life and his friend's personal life. They don't get into college because there's accusations out there that Spider-Man's a murderer. And so those colleges don't want anything to do with him or his friends. So he goes to Dr. Strange and he asks him to cast a spell that would take care of that. And it goes haywire and that ends up bringing in all the people in the multiverse who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So that's when the villains start showing up. For you guys, seeing Doctor Strange, I think, Mark, we've talked about it on this podcast before, where we're always wondering, you know, what are the other Avengers doing when uh, there's problems and only Captain America is dealing with it or only Iron Man's dealing with it or whatever the case may be. But here we see some Avengers kind of, come together, work together to try and solve us, come up with a solution, solve a problem. What did you think of the inclusion of, of Dr. Strange in, in this film? Uh, I thought it was good. I'm trying to wrap my head around what I saw because I, I feel like either they're trying to, they try to change the story. Uh, look, I don't know where this all sits. They're trying to change a story about how Dr. Strange fits in with everybody and meshes with everybody or they changed or Dr. Strange has changed because I don't feel the Dr. Strange we saw now necessarily is the same Dr. Strange we saw before, like personality differences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so I don't know. I, I know there's been some speculation about he might be a variant. He might be, you know, how close is this related to Loki, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know. Um, but it was actually pretty, you know, it was pretty cool to watch them work together, you know, and see him try to help. It was also kind of interesting to see once, once a superhero got that help, he was like, whoa, whoa, stop helping me. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me figure this out. So, um, pretty interesting. Um, but I do like, like you said, we, we finally got to see, you know, some, some help from somebody else because i've always thought that was so strange like oh it's a earth-ending event uh, i know all these guys that can help but nah, it's it's all right i got it yeah. yeah for you kimball did you like the inclusion of dr strange i think we know why peter parker went to him um for the magic spell but do you feel like i i kind of agree with what mark said is that it his character did seem a little different than what we had seen previously so it was a little odd but for you, how did that work? Yeah, I like that he's in there just because you you got to include these other Avengers because they're still part of life and are on Earth and they want to help defend it. But I just didn't like how he was. He was seemed careless to me, mm -hmm. just casting off that spell willy nilly. And, you know, Peter was able to, like, affect it that easily. Like, what kind of Sorcerer Supreme is this to be doing this? And it just didn't seem right. I don't know if that's just because he's a variant, but he did seem different. Not the serious kind that, you know, was trash talking to Tony Stark back in Endgame. 
um, and seems so serious about not deviating from anything, not even experimenting anything, but just focusing on the end goal. Whereas here, you know, he's willing to help. And he did address, you know, you want me to help you, Peter? This is this inconsequential matter that has to do with college. Mm-hmm. And he addressed that, but I still think, I don't know, he should have put up more of a fight than just, okay, I'll do it, whatever. Oh, I messed up on the spell, darn. And then that was it. Also, when they were fighting, I don't, I don't know if Spider-Man's just super strong, but I don't think he should have been able to handle himself against Doctor Strange when they were in his little geometric world. Oh, yeah. I just thought that was odd that he was able to one up him and then leave. And Dr. Strange was stuck over the Grand Canyon for 12 hours. Like that just didn't sit well with me being the powerful being that he is because he's up there with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Spider-Man could hang with WandaVision. I don't think he could hang with Ultron, like all these other super strong heroes. But he did. So uh, that's a good point. Plus the mirror dimension is Dr. Strange's world. It's his domain basically. Right. And he knew all the rules, but he got outsmarted by Peter Parker. Yeah. uh, He was just good with geometry. Yeah. Yeah, High school student. So yeah, that, and he's a doctorate, like an actual doctor with medical degree and, you know, so he knows how to think through things, but yeah, I agree. It was, it just seemed off. Um, and I think that's why people are thinking it's a variant and he was lying. Like he isn't the sorcerer Supreme anymore due to well, the yeah. blip, but I mean, he, come on, he really is. I mean, he's, he's is the power. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wong, I guess Wong is now. And so he's like lying to his friend about what they're going to do. And that just didn't seem responsible. Mm-hmm. Oh, something about Dr. Strange. I noticed in, um, I think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, they actually reference Doctor Strange. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, when they're talking, it's in the second one where they're talking about Doc Ock and they're trying to name him. And they say, Dr. Octopus. No, that's stupid. And then they say, Dr. Strange. And that's when the J, what's that reporter's name? J Jameson. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, he says, Dr. Strange. And then someone says, no, that's already taken. And uh, I would have never noticed, I never noticed that before because Dr. Strange wasn't in that universe. And now looking back and watching it it's like oh i can get that reference mm-hmm. okay cool so along those lines with jay jonah jameson he's a little more prevalent in this one uh for you kimball you did see the previous ones where he's with toby mcguire he's in those how did he compare his character in these new ones compared to the old ones was it pretty much the same or was it really different it's to me it was different he's more annoying in these ones i liked it much more in the older movies in the older movies he just seems like you know he's he's an all demanding boss wants everything doesn't take crap from anyone and I, and that's cool but in this one he's just like a lone rogue going solo trying to stir up conspiracies and he just seems more annoying than anything maybe because he doesn't have a status of the big boss and all these people under him all we see him here is just this guy behind it in front of a green screen and I didn't like his character in in, in these um, new ones with <clears throat> in these recent uh, Spider-Man movies. It just didn't sit well. Yeah, yeah. In these ones, he's more of a blogger, like or a YouTuber, right? Really, um, you know, throw things that are really extreme to get reactions. So, for you, Mark, how did J. Jonah Jameson work in this 
Spider-Man movie. I mean, same thing, right? I like I like the nostalgia of having him there right now. He's yeah. in all three films. Like, it's cool. It's fun to have him. It was almost like an annoyance, you know, like, because in the end of the day, the world knows, you're like, oh, yeah, Mysterio was, a, Mysterio was a hero or he wasn't, right? In the day, he was part of the MCU team that saved the world from Thanos. And right. the world knows that, right? right? I mean, and so... It just seems so silly, like, hey, this guy saved our world and he helped the snap that brought everyone back. But uh, he's a murderer. Like, let's let's vilify him. Uh, you know, what a what a silly concept. And then for this world who knows he's this hero to just go along with it. They're like, oh, there's half on one side, half on the other. It's like this guy would be idolized, you know, beyond anything. He was right there when, you know, Iron Man died. You know, he he knows all the greats he was you know frontline guy so just kind of strange uh you know how they put that in to make that fit is almost a little forced but it was cool like nostalgia wise right yeah that's some really good points um i agree like you like you said it's nostalgia it was cool to see him back in action uh, he was a little extreme a little meaner i guess but you could say well it's different it's a different universe so he's kind of the same but there's going to be some differences but uh, we're seeing the same thing play out with the Hawkeye show um, where everywhere he goes, people are like, Oh, Hawkeye, you saved the world. Thank you so much. You know, they're always congratulating him. They're thanking him. They idolize him everywhere he goes. He has to wear like a, a hoodie over his face. So he doesn't get stopped every, all the time everywhere he goes. So, you know, with him and he is accused of in part of the premise of Hawkeye is he's accused of, killing black widow or letting her die and so that's we see that at the end of the one of the end credit scene in black widow where the sister meets up with um valentina i think it is and she's like hey do you know do you want to know who kills your sister and it, she shows her a picture of hawkeye and then she shows up in hawkeye and trying to hunt him down and kill him because he killed her sister so there's some similarities there where hawkeye could be considered a murderer but the world sees him as a hero, a legit hero. But yet Spider-Man isn't getting the same treatment. So I agree. There is a disconnect there. And I think they tried to force it, like you said, Mark. This is the story, so we're going to you know, make it fit instead of having it be more organic. So, so the, villains, the villains show up, and Peter's trying to fight them, and then he goes and ends up they they're able to capture him and put him in these cages these glass cages and uh, to hold them till they can transport him back to their universe um, but they just need to get green goblin so peter tracks him down at the homeless shelter and we see um dr osborne talking with aunt may and Aunt may feels sympathy for him and tries to convince peter to to save him and so that kind of ends up being the the plot of the rest of the film is how Peter can save these individuals and make them um, good again, I guess, or reasonable. Uh, I guess in their universe, just before they were about to get killed is when they got transported back to uh, this Tom Holland's Peter Parker's universe. You know, the last thing they remember is just right before they get killed in the previous movies. And so Peter feels sympathy for them. He wants to help them so they can go back to their universe and 
not get killed, I guess. For me, this part was, I mean, I didn't really think too much about it and I still don't, but it seems a little off, you know, Peter trying to save these villains who are killers, basically tried to um, take over the city or whatever the case may be. Um, But he has a change of heart because Aunt May feels like they need to be saved. How did that sit with you guys, that whole concept? What about for you, Mark? It doesn't make sense. And this is why. Um, That's great. He healed them, but they're still going to return the minute before they die. Mm -hmm. Right. Doc Ock will still return. And there's this son that he's trying to drown because he becomes lucid at the end of the film. Right. And he willingly goes down with it to say, so if he goes back, Either he's going to die because a black hole destroys Earth or he's going to die anyway, trying to save it. Mm -hmm. Um, Electro, he's 200 feet in the air when he dies. Well, he's going to go back and land on the ground and all's okay. Like he's still going to die, right? I mean, you go up and down the line. It doesn't matter. Like they will still die. So I get he wants to save him, but I think it's the same thing at like, it's part of the story, put it in there, but it doesn't mesh with the timeline. It just doesn't make any sense because they will still die. And I, I think this brings up another case if they don't. So if they don't die and them being where they are alive and time going on, wouldn't they be variants? All, all five of them would now be variants, right? So if they're if their person from the original storyline dies, but they come back and don't die. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because now the timeline's changed and yeah. they should be dead, but they're not, like Loki, right? He should have died, but he didn't die. So he becomes a variant. Uh, so I, I know a lot of it, like everyone's talking about if, if everyone's watched Loki, what happened at the moment when whoever that bad guy, I can't remember what his name was. King. Yeah, King did couldn't see in the future anymore. Like what happened? And obviously this is past that moment. Mm. Because otherwise the time cops or whatever would show up and, yeah. and start, you know, start setting it all back to normal. And like you wouldn't need Doctor Strange to try to fix it and push the button. They would just come in and do whatever they do and it's all normal. So that event happened before this. So for me, that's tying in the timeline. So you, you got to see Loki, if you know what I'm talking about, because um, it all ties in. Everyone wonders what that event was. But in my mind, that would make whatever's going on now after that, the event that triggered King to not know what's going on. Mm. Yeah, that is a big mystery from that Loki series is what was that event? Is it this event that Doctor Strange did with the, the spell and kind of splits? You, you see the sky kind of split and people are coming through, you know, is that when he made a tear in the multiverse, is that what what's going on or is it something else? Um, but yeah, is it, is this a big plot hole? The villains are just going to go back and die. I don't know if it's necessarily a plot hole, but it doesn't make sense. Or are they going to pick it up in another, you know, Loki season two or Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, you know, are they going to pick that up and kind of explain more? I think, if they did, that would be amazing. Um, but if they don't, then it's they dropped something, in my opinion. For you, Kimball, how does that concept 
of you know fixing the villains to go just so they can go back and and die like they did in the first place um yeah same as what mark was saying it, it just didn't make sense it's kind of like you know when you're playing a video game and you save it accidentally right <laughs> before you're gonna die because yeah. then when you load it you're just gonna die <laughs> yeah. so whether they die from their own the worst save in the world yeah i mean whether they die from where they're at in their reality or by the hands of spider-man spider-man doesn't know they're good now he's in the process of trying to kill them i think they should have done it in a different point not right before they died and that would have given them a chance to live in their next life um Mm -hmm. i mean but out of all those villains though from rewatching it the only one who redeemed himself in his movie was doc ock because he did have that change of heart right at the end and he sacrificed himself and i thought that was cool and in this movie he was the first one to get changed mm-hmm. um he was the more reasonable one of the, yeah the more reasonable one and i thought that was cool they stayed true to his character uh, whereas the others just stayed evil remained evil for the most part although sandman he was still pretty true he was more neutral mm-hmm. and just like how he was in his own movie he was more neutral it seemed of a bad guy but yeah it just didn't seem like what's the point of saving them if they're just gonna die i didn't like that and i still don't i mean when aunt may died and she said like you know you don't want to kill him or if you kill him it'll be all in vain i don't see why that would be in vain i mean maybe i'm cold-hearted but <laughs> Revenge is good sometimes. (laughs) And sometimes you got to do that. But I guess these superheroes see it differently and they just want to keep everyone alive somehow. Like Captain America always tries to do, tries to not take a life. Well, And ultimately he failed at that, right? Who, Spider-Man? Yeah, right. I mean, he didn't do the killing blow or anything, but he would have. Yeah. Like his every intention was to. It's kind of like... I don't know who's the hero of, the, of uh, Lord of the Rings. Well, definitely wasn't uh, Frodo because he tried to run away at the ring, right? So kind of the same thing, right? Like ultimately, he didn't listen to his Aunt May. Yeah. Listen to your Aunt May, people. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the approach now that we're talking about it more in depth, I think the approach if they're not doing anything with the variant thing and you know pushing it with other series, other movies to explain it even more, which I hope they do. But if they end up not doing that, maybe the approach is, well, at least when these villains die, they no longer die as a villain, but they die kind of redeemed before they die. If, if that makes sense. So they die as good people instead of evil people as if in case that matters, in case there's like a heaven where they can go and, be happy or something i don't know that's well connor's and flint don't die to spider-man right in their movies yeah right connor's they they turn him back to normal yeah he goes but to jail after he gets turned back to normal and then sandman just floats away yeah sandman just yeah disappears he doesn't die either yeah he's just blown away he is incorrect So mm-hmm. those two wouldn't be, they'd be better off, but um, some of them wouldn't. Okay. I yeah. wish that they had brought um, James Franco's character. Um, yeah. That's what that, Justin said. 
that that would have been great if they would have brought him and then there could have been some type of reconciliation with him and Toby Maguire mm-hmm. in this movie. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been really awesome to have seen that. And like, you know, he would have had a change of heart, forgiven him for killing his dad and helped out in the beginning with um, killing, you know, these other bad guys. Cause some of those guys like should have been way more powerful than we saw like um, Electro. He had the arc reactor with him. They shouldn't have been able to stop him. <laughs> And so it would have been great to see James Franco's character helping them too. And just kind of like a mini adventures, I guess. Yeah. I, me and Mark were talking about that in the movies. Like where's, where's the other green goblin, you know, where's James Franco. So, or even um, the other one from amazing Spider-Man, the Dahan, I forget his first name, Dane Dahan, who played the goblin in uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Yeah, the one that was kind oh, yeah. of dying that had like that disease and or cancer or something. Yeah, and he wanted like some of Spider-Man's blood or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would have been too much, I guess. But it would have been cool to see them. I like what you proposed, Kimball, that you know, they can reconcile. Cause that was a, a tragic thing where the best friends became enemies and then the one died. So all right. Well. And then we talked about a little bit with Aunt May being the one to say with great power comes great responsibility. And she's kind of the, the thing that pushes Peter into being a superhero and as opposed to uncle Ben and the previous two, what'd you guys think about that? Was that good? I mean, I, I kind of liked it cause it was different, but yet still the same. And we have Uncle Ben really hasn't been in, introduced in this um, universe yet, so I don't know. What yeah, do you guys- we haven't seen him at all. I I thought it was a cool uh, tie back with the other films um, about that quote because that's a very that's like the famous line from the first Spider Man, mm-hmm. and it was it was fun that they mentioned it again in this one. And I wonder about all those people who haven't seen the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's like. You know, they see that, they hear that line and it's like, it didn't mean anything to them. But for those that did watch it and understand it, then it's like, they get that reference. Kind of like when uh, Captain America says in Avengers, hey, I get that, <laughs> that reference. Yeah. Understood. I understood that one. Oh uh, yeah, I liked it. I think it, it meshes better if you watched into the verse. Okay. Right. Because then you kind of get to see how, different spider-mans act together and their stories are similar but different yeah, right cool. and so then it would make sense so well in, in this universe uncle ben doesn't actually exist but aunt may does aunt may said it you know but it's it's similar and it's so close enough to uncle ben or aunt may that it's okay and so i think it meshes really well if you watch into the verse um so i i definitely did like that um you know and then something uh you know, came back to me, you know, like if you watched into the verse when Aunt May died, you know, and, and he's upset and he's talking to the other Spider-Mans and he says, he says, um, and they're talking to him in the end of the verse, you know, Peter Porker <laughs> says to him, he's like, that's the hardest part, you know, like we, we can't save everyone. Mm-hmm. And that line came, you know, to my mind, that exact scene came to my mind when that was all going on. So that's why I say it's, it's 
like I had a friend ask me like, Hey, I haven't seen any of the Spider-Mans. I want to go see this new one. What should I watch? And I said, look, one, watch all of them. But if you can only want to watch one, watch into the verse. Cause it'll kind of make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Dang. That was the only one I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it has a similar kind of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then there's a reference to it, right? Uh, Electro makes a reference to, to the Spider-Man. So from into the verse, what did he say? Because memory is like, oh, he's like, I thought you'd be black, right? Because you're from Queens. Yeah. Because uh-huh. there ever going to be a black Spider-Man? And in Into the Verse, there's a kid named Miles Morales who's a black Spider-Man. Ah, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some loose tie-ins there. I was thinking a little bit about that too. It's like, because, well, we'll get into it now. Since even though there's problems with the villains and, I don't know, not big problems, but we're, we've been talking about what we think about that. But what really made the movie, what really pushed this movie over the edge and just made it awesome, for me at least, was the introduction of the previous two Spider-Men with Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And they had been there had been rumors for months now that this was going to happen, but nothing ever confirmed. The actors were denying it when they were asked about it. So I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised when this happened. So um, a lot of like when Andrew Garfield showed up, I, I cheered for it. One of the few times I've cheered in movie theater. Mm-hmm. So, and then Toby shows up and you're like, yes. So for you guys, how Everyone was cheering? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. the whole, the whole theater is like, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was excited, you know, I was yeah. like, yes. Yeah. So what do you guys think about that? Was it, was it awesome? I mean, is there yeah, an answer? It was just as cool as Captain America lifting up uh, Thor's hammer. I mean, it was on that level seeing Andrew Garfield return. And if if they weren't going to have the Spider-Man, I was going to be furious. I was going to, it would have ruined the movie for me if they didn't include it. And so just the fact that they included it made it that much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, it's kind of neat to see the different age Spider-Mans, right? You had a young Spider-Man, you kind of had a little bit, you know, almost middle-aged Spider-Man, then you had an old Spider-Man. And, you know, they all had similar experiences and they knew exactly what each other was going through. And same thing ties up into the verse, right? And it, it was really neat. And I was really excited about it. It was cool. They had some great action sequences. They had some great, like, just lines, you know, when Andrew Garfield's in there and he's like, crawl along the wall. He's like, I'm not crawling along the wall, you know, like just like good humor and great, great mesh there to, to watch it. And, and I remember um, when they, they meet Tom Holland's character, right. And they're like, we brought some friends and then it shows up on, you know, to the top of the school and they're both standing there hanging off and they hop down. I mean, I just remember thinking like that. That's awesome. And then you get the hero moment when they're fighting and all three of them hop out at once, you know, and they're standing. So it was just epic on, on unsaid proportions. I mean, I, I couldn't even, if, if the rest of the movie sucked, that right there made it good. Right. So that, that's how good that part was for me. The only thing that would have made it better is if the three would have been pointing at each other, like in that meme that we always see. I was really hoping that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. You, you. <laughs> I thought that was how they were going to introduce the three to each other by them all pointing, but they didn't. I'm a little let down with that, but it's still, it still was good. It just, 
if I could have my wish, that would be been the part that I would included in that film. Yeah, missed opportunity because they did the thing with uh, Doctor Osborne, Norman Osborne, when he's like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I mean that that been around forever, (laughs) and they were able to pull that off. So yeah, that that was amazing. They're like all scientists and like (laughs) smart people, and then they're like, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. So yeah, definitely amazing. Uh, yeah, just the the camaraderie, just from the get go. I mean, it wasn't like this awkward thing. They were all just well, it was like you know, who are you type thing. But once they understood what was going on, just they all meshed really well together. The actors, the characters were just they just gelled really well. There wasn't any like oh that seems off or that's weird. You know, the comedy was there, the seriousness was there, the emotion was there. It was just on all cylinders it was hitting and just it was just awesome to watch see that interaction like like you said mark the fighting was cool the banter while, while they're fighting a lot of the times with these marvel movies especially with the avengers when they're fighting the villains it's just it's too much like i'm like really well, you're you're gonna get killed and you're trying to kill people and you're gonna be joking around you know that never really set well with me but in this it was just enough where they were still in danger. They were still having to come up with solutions on the fly, but they were still, you know, the jokes were still there. The comedy was still there, but it was still pertinent to what was going on. Well, and what a Spider-Man thing to do, right? Because in every yeah. every comic book, in every movie, like Spider-Man is just a mouthy dude, right? Like he's fighting, he's just talking, which is so weird, right? Even in with Tom Holland character, like, Iron Man's like, no, we, we don't got to do this. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't have to do any back and forth. You just sit there, you know, and Tom Holland's talking. And so that's like a Spider-Man thing to do. And so then they would just carry off each other. Right. You know, and just, it, it was, it was great. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I, I don't know if we're here yet, but my like single, one of my like heart wrenching moments is when, um, Andrew Garfield still saves MJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine too. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, if you haven't seen that scene, I'm, I'm not ruining anything here because it's like old, you know, but that's how he lost Gwen, right? Right, they just couldn't get there fast enough. And then he did this time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he got the bottom, he let her down and you could see the tears in his eye. And I was just like, I'm sorry, you know, like I, you know, my poor heart wrench form, but it was that's probably like one of my favorite, uh, you know, heart wrenching moments there. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I got chills watching it, which is weird because it's a comic book movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is that callback to when he couldn't save Gwen, and that that death scene is like one of the most heart wrenching in all comic book movies for me. Every time I watch it, it's just like, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but I do. And so, yeah. Some onions. You're cutting onions again. Yeah. Stop cutting those onions, honey. I'm watching this movie. But yeah, just him and able to redeem, I guess, uh, do it better this next time. It was, it was just awesome. That was great writing. I'm glad they were able to do that. For you and uh, for you, Kimbo, what's was one of the highlights in that last act, that last 30, 40 minutes, however long it is. Yeah, just when they were all coming together, um, 
like when Tom Holland says, like, all right, we got to work as a team. And the other two are like, we've never done that before. <clears throat> and it's totally true because there's no Avengers in their universe. They all uh, ride solo, except Tom Holland. His universe is different. He learns how to work as a team. And that's just cool him stepping up as the leader because in all the previous movies, he's not the leader. It's always Iron Man or Captain America. So this is his chance to shine, even though he's the youngest. And that's just cool. They come together. Andrew Garfield says he's never had a brother and he's always wanted one. Just how they meshed well. It was just very, very good writing that I don't see how they could have done that any better. Like they gave them enough screen time where it wasn't just cameos, but like you could see more character development from these older Spider-Mans and, you know, they learned from each other. It was just like three brothers just working it, you know? Yeah. doing this doing what they love and just really having the you could like tell they loved each other mm-hmm. even though we didn't have a whole like it's not like they were there during the whole movie but somehow they were able to it felt not forced it felt real that this relationship just happened it just felt very natural yeah well and what smart banter right you know he's like i have i've been with the avengers and they're like you know like it shows andrew and and Toby Maguire, and they're just like, oh, oh cool. That's great. Is that a band? You know, like they're just like, like, good for you. You know, like, why does that matter? What are the Avengers? It was just amazing, you know, like yeah. how it all worked out. I mean, really witty writing. I mean, normally we get these regurgitated jokes that have been told 10,000 times in 10,000 different ways, and I just get sick of them, but not here, right? It was like fresh fun jokes and i and i appreciated that and it's also nice that you don't get like the ego like we hear from star lord tony stark dr strange like there was no fighting between them and i think that's just because they understood that each of these spider even though they're not the same person they still know what each other person has gone through it's kind of like you know you meeting a half brother maybe that lived a similar lifestyle as you it wasn't exactly but he does know what you're going through and so these spider-man they know what the other person's been through they've all lost uncle ben for example so there was no reason or chance for them to quibble and fight like we usually see in these movies before they come together there was just they were just solid through and through and that just made it so much better yeah i agree definitely um I think as far as the the characters go, would you guys have wanted to see a red-haired Mary Jane from Tobey Maguire's universe? Maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded. Well, it might have been distracting, though. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it, but at the same time, I'm like, well, what purpose would she serve? What would she do? Not much. I would have liked to see it in the fact that Mary Jane's a pretty, any universe is pretty standard character. And we see Michelle Jones. Yeah. Right. And so I think at the end, you know, when he doesn't reintroduce himself, when he doesn't, you know, have them remember, I thought it would have been a great thing for him to like walk out and bump into somebody um, and then see like a name tag or something like that, that said, you know, Says Mary um, or something. Says Mary, you know, and, and red hair, you know, yeah. and 
And then he just walk away and then it, it, no interaction. And then it just, they go on with their lives, but then it's like, Oh, okay. Like we are going to get married Jane, or at least it's open-ended to it. You know, maybe they don't do anything with it, but I just thought that would have been kind of a neat tie in there, you know, to that universe. Yeah. Yeah. To have some sort of nod to her. Um, I know with uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, they were, they filmed scenes with a Mary Jane, um, the girl next door to him. Uh, and they ended up cutting him out because that it was during Amazing Spider-Man 2. And it was, she was played by Sh- Shailene Woodley, Woolley. I don't know the, the. Yeah, Shailene Woodley. Woodley. Yeah, from Divergent. Yeah, the Divergent girl. And so she was supposed to be in it, but they cut it out last minute. So, I mean, technically she's in that world too. Just, we haven't seen her on screen. But yeah, some nod to that with him, with, with Tom Holland's character. They are going to film another trilogy of Spider-Man movies going forward with this in this timeline. So maybe there, there will be MJ, Mary Jane show up. Are you guys glad they clarified or defined what Zendaya's MJ meant or who that, that she's not Mary Jane? She's Michelle Jones. Did that matter? Were you happy to see that clarification or no? Yeah, I like that it's a different name. It just kind of shows that the multiverse, you know, it's not exactly the same. It's there are some similarities, but you know, she's not a redhead for one thing, but her name's still MJ. And I like that there's just little differences like that. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it because I I have said this a million times. I hate rewrite of characters. Um right. And so, you know, when she wasn't the red-haired MJ, I was kind of annoyed because that's a pretty standard thing. And I was just thinking, you know, what would have been kind of a cool thing is right before Andrew Garfield and um, Tobey Maguire disappeared, if they would have done a cameo to MJ and Gwen. Mm. Then they both could have seen him right right before they disappear. Yeah. That would have been interesting. I mean, I don't know how you pull that off and all the chaos and they're on this weird island, but that would have been kind of neat, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe well, that's, that's a, just too nostalgic. Well, that's a good point is Gwen Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man 2 dies, just like the villains died. She knew Peter Parker. She knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man, right? Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So she fit all the criteria for, to be pulled into the Tom Holland's um, universe so if she would have showed up it would have made perfect sense and maybe there is just a kind of a a moment like you said where she shows up at the end but um definitely fit the criteria for that and then i think we talked about this at the theater mark is you know she shows up and then she's able to be saved in andrew garfield's universe and so she doesn't ultimately she doesn't die in that that universe so then she can become spider gwen and that would fit marvel's um story writing of never really killing off anyone because <laughs> now we just resurrected someone yeah. by magic yeah. <laughs> by magic <laughs> yes yeah it'll be interesting to see if i i think spider gwen's gonna be from another universe i don't think that they, she's gonna share one of these three universes Okay. If be, if they bring her in, so kind of like how it is in uh, Into the Spider Verse, where she's she's the Spider Man mm-hmm. of, of her her universe. 
Exactly. You guys are spoiling this movie for me, dang it. <laughs> well, it's been like two years, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dude, there, it, it'll like when you watch it, it is really be good. Like, oh, I know what Mark's talking about now. Yeah. Like it'll like come together. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too big of spoilers, but it's really good. It's it's definitely one of the top Spider-Man movies. And it's animated, which is a really good, a really big task. And it's it's good. Not as good as yeah. this one. But definitely top four, maybe. Oh know. yeah, easily, easily. Yeah, that, bring, that brings up a good point. Let's. Uh, well, first of all, so, so let's rank them. But let's talk about something else first before we get to that. So, so Doctor Strange comes in. He's able to to fix the the break, but everybody has to forget that Peter Parker is Spider Man. So Spider Man exists. Everyone knows about Spider Man. What he did, how he saved. Uh, the world universe with the Avengers. So that piece of information is still intact, but no one knows about Peter Parker. And it kind of seemed like he was the name. Peter Parker was erased from existence because when he goes to Aunt May's grave, happy shows up and he happy had no idea who he was. And there was no mention of a Peter Parker. Like he didn't exist basically. What, what were you guys take on that? Do you feel like like Peter Parker is a race from existence or just that nobody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but they know about Peter Parker too or something else? What do you, what do you, what was your takeaway? It seems like Peter Parker is a race from existence. Cause when he goes to the diner to go see MJ, like you'd think they went to school together. They would know. They just don't know he's Spider-Man, but right. now he no one knows who he is and now he has no living relatives so he's gonna be alone i mean he can't even like i mean how is he gonna get like his suit restored or made you know from tony stark like that tech if no one knows who he is now it's gonna be i i hope they continue it to not just drop the ball uh but it's gonna be it's gonna be messy for peter parker now but i'm sure they'll somehow make it all better well and i wonder because they didn't really dive too deep i wonder if just everybody that knew who peter parker and spider-man were forgot him mm. but if you didn't know he was spider-man if you'd still remember him and they didn't introduce anybody they didn't have any interaction with mm. anybody that could confirm or deny that yeah um so it'd be interesting to see and then how far widespread is this spell is Thor going to remember him? Is this just on Earth? Um, it, does it happen in every dimension? Yeah. Right? I mean, is, is uh, you know, Toby Maguire going to go back home to MJ and she's like, who the heck are you? You know what I mean? Like, Why are you in my house? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll be kind of interesting. So it didn't really dive too deep in there. So I'm thinking it just might be whoever knew he was Spider-Man and Peter Parker have now forgotten him. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't defined. Right. It wasn't defined, so it's hard to say. Did you like that move, though? I mean, could they have clarified it better? Does it matter? It depends where it goes. What, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the ramifications for that next movie? If they don't really do anything with it, then I think it's kind of wasted moment. But if it has meaning for, like, a build in the next movie or something to that nature then I think it could be a good thing. But if they just did it to 
end the movie in a somber way, I think it's a wasted, wasted thing. Yeah. And I always have a, a bias against movies that use magic to clean everything up there at the end. I always think that's, I don't know if I, lazy storytelling is the right phrase, but it, it's a trope that's been used many times to just, oh, wave the magic wand and everything's fixed now and we'll go back to our lives. I've never really liked that trope. So I was disappointed in, in that, but it made, you know, it kind of fit the the narrative of the, of the movie. So it wasn't just out of the blue. And then with the end credit scenes, uh, we had the one with Venom. And then basically the second one was a, a trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which comes out in February, I believe, a couple months. No, May. May. They pushed it, it was back. supposed to come out in uh, on my birthday in March. And okay. that was going to be a great birthday present, but <laughs> nope, not anymore. All right. So May. All right. Uh, for the Venom, we, we were talking about this at the theater, Mark, just how, how does it fit together? Um, so if you haven't seen Venom, go see it. There's some the Venom 2, uh, Let There Be Carnage. There's an I haven't seen Venom 2 yet. Okay. So there's an end credit scene where, do you want us to talk about it while you're here or do you want to? Yeah, that's to... fine. Okay. So at You've the end. you spoiled one movie, you can spoil another. <laughs> Again, it's been out for a while. <laughs> True fans have seen it. Yeah. Just kidding. Um. So the end credit is uh, Eddie Brock kind of leaves the situation and goes on vacation and he's sitting there and all of a sudden there's this thing that happens. I don't know. It was, they never really said what it was, but this shift happens and then he's in another place in a, a hotel room and I th- he was on the beach before or he was somewhere else and then now he's in a hotel room that's different. And the TV comes on and you see the J. Jonah Jameson thing from the end of Spider-Man Far From Home where it says, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And so then Eddie Brock and Venom are sitting there. Who? What does that mean? Where are we? What's going on? And then that's the end of it. So the end credit scene of this film is a continuation of that with Eddie Brock talking to a bartender. He's learning about the Avengers. And then... He's transported back to his previous universe and a small part of the symbiote, the black goo is left behind on the bar. So we were just wondering what that meant and how that happened. Hmm, Okay. I was confused because I don't, from the first Venom, I don't remember him ever knowing Peter Parker, but I guess in the second Venom and this, end credits he that's how he because people who knew peter parker got brought back into this reality and eddie brock didn't know him in that world but i guess that's how they tied it up all right so that clarifies that i thought that was a mistake that or a forced entry of venom into this world but that's good they it kind of is i was thinking about this because in the mood in the scene he says well i guess i'm going to go see the spider-man like he has no idea who he is in the venom he, credit. Yeah. Okay. You know, he says, I guess I'll have to go see the Spider-Man, like just this random guy, but he should know who he is. Yeah. But he doesn't. 
right? He should know Peter Parker. And so that, that part's weird, but I guess it depends on what Eddie Brock we're talking about. Now, I, I said, this is a continuation of the Eddie Brock that was in Tobey Maguire's universe, but it doesn't make it known. Yeah, because the beginning of Venom, he comes from back east to San Francisco. And there was, sounded like there was a fiasco back in New York City or something. And I took it as in when Eddie Brock, like, faked that picture mm-hmm. and no one would hire him, so he had to leave town. Right. That's what it alluded to. Mm-hmm. So I assume that Tom Hardy is just, they just replaced the actor. But maybe maybe he's in his own universe, right? So then he would know who Spider-Man is. He would know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Okay. So, Kimball, you recently watched that third Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And it, the Eddie Brock in that, was he Venom in that? Or was he just like a evil Spider-Man? Like, what, I don't remember well. Yeah, he was, he, <clears throat> he turns into Venom because... Um, Toby Maguire gets the symbiote on him. It comes from an asteroid out of space. And then Toby Maguire doesn't want it anymore. He's in this bell tower. The bell's ringing. So the symbiote starts to shake and come off him. And then it drips onto Eddie Brock. And that's how he becomes Venom, just from that action alone. And then, yeah, it goes into the story of him being Venom now. And then Spider Man has to face him. Okay. So in the Venom film, he if it's the same character, he would know that these symbiotes are Venom. Like he because he'd been there before. He just had got rid of it. Um, yeah. yeah. If that's the if it's just a recast of Eddie Brock, that's how it should play out. But he, he acts like he's never met Venom before. He doesn't know what it is, yeah. he doesn't know nothing. And it's a completely different type of Venom anyway. Yeah. Right. But then it all comes down to, well, then how did he know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man? Yeah. Well, I think they're going off the thing where he watches the TV. It says, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. <laughs> or, you know. He's like, okay, well, I know it. <laughs> I was like, all right. So it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's a very loose connection, very ten- tenuous. I don't know. So are they bringing Venom into Andrew Garfield's or uh, to Tom Holland's world then? Yeah, it seems like it. Especially, right? Yeah, I think that's their plan. Yeah, because the symbiote got left behind for some reason. Mm-hmm. So where does it go from there? Someone picks it up, turns it into Venom. But I think that's silly. I think they needed to use Tom Hardy. I don't know. Maybe they have other plans for Venom 3 or something. But why not use Tom Hardy's character who stays there? But he would be a variant if he stayed there, right? Yeah. Yep. So, because he physically went to the other, to Tom Holland's universe and then physically went back. Mm-hmm. Wasn't just uh, the other version of him. So he was a variant for a time and then went back. Uh, I don't know. It just seems forced. I like that they're trying to connect it, but it seems forced. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, I guess. So ranking the Spider-Man movies, all of them. I I haven't seen the previous ones for a while, like I said, but I think for me, first of all, is this the top Spider-Man movie for you guys? Is this number one or where does it fall? Yeah, for me, it's it's number one, definitely. 
Okay. They just had much better writing and bringing stories together. It was just more impactful to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a, it wasn't in like the first Spider-Man are always slow because you have to see the origin, how it happens. And so you're cutting across all that. You don't have to worry about that. And it gets into the action right away. For you, Mark, is this the best one or where does it fall? I don't know. It's hard, right? Because the first one was written so stinking long ago. So it's tough to compare, right? I mean, if that one was made now, what would we see? Um, I think I have to do the very first one as number one. It kicked off the whole revival of Spider-Man, you know, from from the comic books and from, you know, everything else. And, and it was good. Tobey Maguire was good. I mean, it went downhill a little bit from there, but I thought that was a great movie. I would put this at number two or three, Okay. to be honest. I think, so, I mean, original Spider, very first one, number one. I just, I have to put it there. Um, number two, it's fighting for the second spot with Into the Verse. Right. For me. That's, that's kind of where I'm at too. Is it this one or is it Into the Spider-Verse? I think because Into the Spider-Verse was just, at the time, it was just amazing. And mm-hmm. it still is amazing. Um, but I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm going to go with this one, number one, Into the Spider-Verse 2. Amazing Spider-Man um, 2, number 3. I just really like the Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield version. Yeah, and then, right. you know, I mean, that was a good one, yeah. right? The second one, that was amazing, so. Yeah, and then Spider-Man, then Spider-Man 2, and then Amazing Spider-Man 1. Tom Holland's, I don't know, I, I'm not, I like Tom Holland, but he's third ranked number three in Spider-Man. That's kind of my take on things. But yeah, this one, like if they wouldn't have had the other two Spider-Men in this one, it definitely wouldn't be in the top five if they would have just done villains, it's the inclusion yeah. of all of them that push it over the top. When I rewatched all these. Um, so when I first watched the Spider-Man, I was <clears throat> always a fan of Tobey Maguire more than Andrew Garfield. I didn't like the Andrew Garfield ones when they first came out, but rewatching them, I really liked the Andrew Garfield ones a lot more. And even the third Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, I remember hating that thinking it was stupid when I first saw it, but rewatching it now, <clears throat> I liked it a lot more. For some reason, with these Spider-Man movies, I like them a lot more watching them the second time around. Hmm. And sometimes with movies, that is usually the opposite. But for these, they they were they all were good. Yeah, I think I think we see Andrew Garfield in this one. He's I think he's a better Peter Parker, better Spider-Man in this this film that we just saw. He's more mature and. I've always liked his swagger more than Toby. Toby Maguire seems nerdy. He's like a nerdy Peter Parker. And then Peter, the Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker was more, he was like a smart nerd, like cool, smart nerd, as opposed to a dorky nerd. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like Toby Maguire is. So that's why like, I've always liked him. I'm a cool, smart nerd. You're like a dorky nerd like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they're all good. But if we had to rank them, that's what I would say. So any final thoughts on this film and where it goes from here? Uh, the next movie up is Morbius, which is loosely tied into this. We see in the Morbius trailer some references to Spider-Man. Um, I think it might even be in this same t- 
Tom Holland universe because we have a, a scene from the trailer where Morbius is walking down the street and there's a like a poster in the background of Spider-Man and it's spray painted murderer across the the Spider-Man poster. So it kind of has that same feel that people are against Spider-Man. So it could potentially be in this. Plus we have the, the Michael Keaton cameo where as the vulture character, he tells Morbius, Hey, we should hook up sometime, you know? So you got those connections. Um, So it seems like there's some loose connections there for Morbius comes out next month. And then after that, it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I think the events here do connect to what we're going to see there. I think there will be some connection along with the Loki series. So, uh, yeah. So final thoughts, uh, Kimball, on on this film and where it goes from here. What you'd like to see, at least. I just don't want to see Marvel paint them or write themselves in a corner. And I'm just surprised that the writing has been good even after Endgame, just because I'm there's so many characters they're juggling now mm-hmm. and so much storylines. And now with the multiverse, like, I don't know how long they can keep this up. And yeah. so far, they've been impressing me with these TV series, Loki, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, or Falcon, that one. And now with Hawkeye, like, and then Spider-Man, they're, they're keeping on keeping on the ball. And I just hope that it stays that way and keeps growing, but I just don't know how much longer they can keep it up, especially juggling with this multiverse. And yeah, yeah, that that's my only concern is that I just don't want them to drop the ball because it's, it's going fast and it's going hard, but any slight move, it can just crash. I think. Yeah. I'm hoping this multiverse doesn't become too confusing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think if you do, you'll have to start splitting films and just like concentrating on this film as its own storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Morbius is cool. You're bringing in Blade. Are we just going to combine those two? Yeah. Right. And and go from there, right? Because Morbius and Blade are notorious MCU, vil- you know, like, like, you know, counterparts. They yeah. fight each other, you know, they're, you know, they're like Batman and Joker. Right. They will continue to fight each other. So um, and so I wonder, like with with the introduction of Morbius, are they going to are they going to do that? Who knows? Um, I'd like to see that. I think that'd be pretty neat. Um, I think, you know, the madness thing uh, is going to be neat. Um, I want to know where they go with all this variant stuff. Right. I know they're bringing in King, right, as, as the bad guy. Yeah. King the Conqueror um soon so hopefully that will kind of wrap that up but i like you said like you guys have said i don't know how far down the rabbit hole you go with this you know multiverse it's yeah. pretty tough uh and it can get very confusing and convoluted very quickly um i think you know put your hand in it see what's there show some cool stuff and pull it back would be just enough to not confuse everybody yeah so yeah i agree and Hopefully they can pull it off. Stay tuned to the Credible Nerds, though. We we specialize in fandom for the casual nerd. So if it's confusing, we'll explain it for you. We won't get too in-depth. We won't get too nerdy on you. But we do like to break things down and explain things and make them just understandable for everybody. Um, so definitely check out our future podcasts following 
you know, the multiverse. We'll see where it goes. Also check out our past podcasts where we've talked about everything from Captain America, the first Avenger, all the way up through uh, the Eternals that just came out last month. So we, we talk about it all. So and we're constantly adding more. We need to talk about Hawkeye and Loki. We need to do some episodes there, but we'll get on that and stay tuned for, for more MCU madness. But we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast, where we talk about all things nerdy, talk about Marvel, obviously DC, Star Wars, Star Trek. We'll talk about um, the Cosmere. We'll talk about Wheel of Time, which has a new uh, season coming out. Season one came out with that. And we've done a, a couple episodes of the Wheel of Time series on Amazon Prime. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Lord of the Rings. And we've done a Hobbit series we're going to do a lord of the rings series and then when the tv show comes out we'll be doing reviews on the on the the amazon show as well so we covered we're trying to cover everything except doctor who sorry guys we're not whovians but we try to cover everything else but um yeah so check out our podcast episodes go to tcn.fm or crediblenerds.com you can read our reviews on books movies tv shows everything so i want to thank you guys for joining us and As Aunt May said, with great power comes great responsibility.